Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Good evening. Dave. Good morning. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with good thing to try to get away from this weird energy you guys brought to the intro. Uh, <laughs> no, no, Tori. We Tori's, gave you is, Tori's is standard. Tori's is standardized. We're going to change Craig and Dave, you guys, you guys went weird with it, and I'm not super Craig comfortable with it. So, Craig, uh, give me a good thing so I can get back in my comfort well, don't zone. Don't start with Craig next time. No, it. we always start with me. I have the best yeah. one. No, this week, I do it in alphabetical for, order so that we're not scrambling. For your I mean in the good evenings, Dave. Okay. For your mobile game of the year, or whenever I decide to mention a mobile game, uh, this year I got another Final Fantasy mobile game, but it is not Record Keeper, although that is a former good thing of mine, and I think it, Tori is still playing it. Uh, but I recently picked up. Dissidia Final Fantasy Opera Omnia. Um, it came Yay. out like, I don't know. Wait, do you play that? I did at one point. I, I picked it up when it first came out. Uh, they didn't have a lot of content because, you know, games just released in the global market. It's been in Japan. Like, they're, we're a year behind them. Um, but at the time, I was playing Record Keeper, so I couldn't put that much time into it. So I'm like, all right, it's sort of cool. I got some stuff for Squall and Cloud. I was like, okay, it's neat. And I decided to go back to it recently because I'm looking for another mobile game to, to play. Something new, not something I played before, sort of. But I decided to check it out again. Like, well, let's see what's in there now. And I'm like, man, there's a lot of content now. Um, so I've been playing that. It's very friendly to free-to-play people. You do not have to invest any money. They give you tons of the crystals. But it's it's easy to play and understand. Um, very easy to get into. So I highly recommend it. I did try... Uh, Brave Exvius, and I just could not get into it. So Op- Opera Omnia, much easier to play and get into, and it has that Final Fantasy feel for those of you who like Final Fantasy. Good stuff. But name one Final Fantasy game that had an opera in it. I mean, come on. Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy? Oh, man, uh, that's yeah, another that's right. good game. That's Final so Fantasy VI had an opera in it. Is Theater Rhythm the one I played at your house, Craig? I think so, yeah. It was like Elite Beat Agents, but Final Fantasy? Yep. Okay. That one was Four- fun. Fourteen has some very operatic songs. They do. Fourteen has some really good What about Final Fantasy So Dave, what's your Oh good well thing? Final Fantasy Seven has the golden opera or the golden <laughs> The Golden, golden Saucer. The Golden Saucer. saucer. There's kinda like an opera. Oh, and in, in Final Fantasy V, if you find all of the pianos that are hidden oh, around the yeah. world then and you play them, then oh, yeah. it's not really an opera, but you, you get some kind of musical yeah. bonus. I'm sure FF14 has some kind of operas in it. I mean, big MMO, and there's a golden saucer there. I think that's it. I think we covered every Final Fantasy game that has an opera in it. Good job, team. <laughs> hey, we did it. I don't even know why they call it Opera Omnia, um, yeah, but whatever. They they come up with weird names. Someone's really tilted right now, Tori. <laughs> is it Mike? It's someone listening right now. Is it Mike? I don't know. Oh, it is. You like that game that may or may not have an opera in it. FF6? Yeah. Oh, yeah. FF6 did have an opera. Someone I... mentioned FF6. I said yeah, already. Tori already said it. And oh, I, th- I thought we were trying not to mention that one on purpose. By weird coincidence, that actually is going to be my good thing today. So, Dave, why don't we get yours so that I can do mine? Uh, well, man, I'm in such suspense. I got to hear yours first. <laughs> Wait, is your good thing Mike's good thing? <laughs> no, actually, funny thing. I think this might have been one of Mike's good things for TV show. I started watching it. I actually randomly was thinking of a different iteration of this show and then i was like oh let me i was like browsing on wikipedia and then i saw there's a newer one and as i was watching it i was like i think mike actually had this as a good thing once before should i guess or are you gonna actually tell us uh i'll tell you uh so i only watched the first couple episodes of this show it was pretty funny it was actually better than i was expecting it to be so i'm glad i gave it a chance and i do want to watch more episodes so it'll be my good thing it's um 
It's on Amazon. Came out in 2018 on Amazon Prime Video, and it is called The Tick. Uh, and I was, oh, okay. wait, there's Thank new episodes. Did Mike mention Amazon 2018 Tick before? Like, it sounds kind of vaguely familiar that Mike might have mentioned it before. I've watched the first season, but I don't think I ever brought it as a good thing. Uh, it's too, I don't, maybe you mentioned it to me off podcast world. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, so The Tick, it started out as a comic book. It actually started out, The Tick actually started out as a mascot for a comic book store in New England. And then eventually got his own run of comic strips. And then, of course, got really big when uh, Fox Kids picked it up for an animated series. And I really liked that show when I was I a kid. Know. It was really funny. Then they rebooted it in like the early 2000s with Patrick Warburton. Never saw that. But there is a new series on Amazon 2018. Uh, it's already discontinued. It had two seasons. Well, so far, I watched the first two episodes. It's really funny. I liked it. They, is it cartoon or is it live action? It's live action. And I think that the cinematography is a little too dark for it. Like you have the, like the scene where the tick first shows up, it's at nighttime in a dark alleyway. And I'm like, this is supposed to be kind of like lighthearted and goofy, but just like the lighting isn't really complimenting the humor of the situation. So there's that. But like the, the characters and the dialogue are all really funny. And it's kind of like... Some of it's kind of uh, funny in a morbid way. Like um, the main villain, his name is the Terror, and uh, one of his hench people, her name is Miss Lint. Well, it starts off as a name that people call her, because, like are teasing her because either because she like has electrical powers or has like a fuzzy shirt on or something. So people call her Miss Lint, and she gets really mad and kills like a couple of the a couple of like the lower henchmen, right? Not just like NPC henchmen, and she kills them. And Tara's like, turn that nickname into a victory. And listen, you don't kill people because they call you name. You kill people because it's fun. Like, so pretty. I, it was he delivered it better. Sorry, but anyway, <laughs> it was pretty funny. I liked it. Uh, I'm gonna watch more episodes, so that'll be my good thing. 2018 Amazon Prime The Tick. Well, All right. so I have a correction. Go ahead. It's actually 2016, not 2018. 2018 is just when they got season two. Oh, okay. Uh, actually, the remaining... Oh, no. Correction. The he last half of season one was in 2018, but it premiered in 2016. If you search for 2018, you get some weird, like, horror movie called Tech. TikTok. So, tonally, the show is, like, the world takes itself seriously. All the characters take themselves seriously, except the Tick. The Tick treats it like it's the cartoon. Like, yes. like the tick is existing in the '90s Fox cartoon. Everyone else is existing in this horrifying world where there are people with superpowers and things get destroyed constantly, and everyone's in mortal peril all the time. I would say that Terror acts like a cartoon as well. A bit, yeah, but I mean that's like there's... <laughs> that's just part of the world. Is you know he's a supervillain, and so there's he like just gets one scene down. where I'm not gonna say exactly what's going on in the scene, but stuff's happening it's arthur's backstory and he meets terror while he's a child for the first time and he's like and then terror just like walks up to him and steals his ice cream <laughs> so yeah terror is also a cartoon uh the terror is played by jackie earl haley by the way neat so it's like a little bit of deadpool but not really mm. more cartoonish rather than mature i would say that they're sort of opposite takes on the same concept yeah that's what i'm saying yeah Alright, uh, so my good thing, as I said earlier, Final Fantasy VI, it's, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite Final Fantasy, but it is the one that I go back to most frequently. Um, one of my, one of the big problems I have with replaying Final Fantasy games is that the beginning of the game is always the slowest part, everybody's mm -hmm. so weak, it's just, you just slog through to try to get to the fun part, and... I don't have to do that with FF6. It starts fun. You're still, like, super weak and, you know, very railroaded plot-wise into what you can do, but it's fun, like, from the beginning. And then you so, feel some guys closed. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is, that is like, what, an hour and a half into the game? If you're playing slow and you get to, like, split the party into three separate groups and, and follow those three plot lines, like, that's super fun. 
And and it's like right there at the beginning. You don't have to, you know, slog through ten hours of Midgar before you get to when mm. the game actually starts. You don't have I don't have a good second example here, but whatever. It's it, it, it starts off fun and it stays that way. And like the end game is fantastic because even the worst characters are still like viable if you feel like using them in different ways. Like there there is a build for everybody. Even Cyan. I'm expecting the Tori to yell is. at me right now because I'm trash talking <laughs> a Final Fantasy character, but No, he's he's a trash character. You're fine. No, he's good. <laughs> you just have to turn if you turn the ATB to wait, then there's no drawback to his ability. I have a question. Is it Cyan or Cyan? Cyan, like the color. Or Cyan. Yeah, what what Dave said. That's how no, I've always pronounced yeah, it. I'm asking Tori. I always pronounce it Cyan. Okay. Um I don't know why you'd pronounce it any differently. Because my wife says Cian, I think. Well, there Not are those she... who there are those who say Celis instead of Celeste. So to and each there's, their own. there's another strike against him. He has a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't mispronounce it, what are you even doing in a Final Fantasy game? <laughs> and then I'm talking to you, Cecil. His name is Cecil, not Cecil. You know, I hate that. You hate when people say Cecil. Wait, wait, it's not. It's Cecil. Cecil. I'm gonna call him Cecil. I don't care. No. Yeah, I'm going yep. with Cecil. Sorry. It's Cecil. Didn't you ever watch reboot? It is Cecil, and yeah, pretty sure they say Cecil in world in the cutscenes as well. Yep. Anyway, how does the audiobook pronounce it, Tori? There's not an audiobook. To, I want to cap off Final Fantasy IV or something. So, Tori, what's your good off. thing? Uh, Onward, the Pixar movie that uh, they, it just came out in the theater like last month, right before all of the theaters closed. So they put it on Disney Plus and it was cute and I liked it. I need to watch that. Well, it's on Disney Plus whenever you like. That. Oh, that's sad for you. No, it's not. It's all right. I'm avoiding the poll. My sister actually just got Disney Plus to watch the the dog movie. It's like a prequel to Balto or something. Togo. (laughs) Basically the prequel to Balto. Well, Um, sounds like you should watch Onward. Well, no, uh, Togo, it's about the dog that actually deserved all the credit that Balto got, basically. Balto just kind of like, Balto KS'd him, basically. He he he, uh, He was on the last run of the mission and got all the credit. I mean, it's not the dog's fault, obviously. Didn't isn't it the the competing film company that made Balto? I don't uh, know. Amblin. Oh, it's it was made by Am, produced by Amblin. Has Bob Hoskins in it? Yeah, he's the seagull. Which apparently the seagull is the most accurate part of the film, according to YouTube comments. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we got off on this tangent, but Dave sounds Disney like you should Plus. watch Onward. Mike has decided never to talk again. Tell us about the movie, Tori. Or Mike, tell us what you wanted to say about FF6 still. Mike, are you okay? He's getting popcorn. Did we kill him? (laughs) Because he wants to hear more about Balto and Togo and Balto too. Well, so Onward is, uh, if you like D&D, there's a bunch of D&D jokes in there. So, yeah, it's these, uh, these two brothers that are elves. And they, um, their, their father passed away when the younger brother, um, before he was born. Uh, so he never got to meet his dad. Um, and when the younger brother turned 16, uh, mom's like, well, I've got a present for you from your dad. And it's a wizard staff. Now, even though these guys are elves and they live in a society where there are, like unicorns and cyclopses and things uh magic um but the has... unicorns are like raccoons right yes yeah <laughs> that was hilarious um <laughs> uh, because magic was hard to use and hard to master and you know it, very few people had the talent and so eventually someone invented electricity and everyone was like oh well we'll just use this thing it's easy and so people quit doing magic um but the dad had started studying the history of magic when he got sick and uh, had invented a spell that could bring him back for just one day so that uh, he he could see his boys and they could they could just have a day together. And um, they try to do the spell and something goes wrong. And so they end up only summoning half of dad. <laughs> so it's, it's just a pair of legs following them around. 
and they're trying to find the ancient historical spell components so that they can finish the spell uh, before. Wait, 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 wait. I don't want you to spoil too much. Uh, no, that this is like the basic. Is this plot. really like the first five minutes? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I oh, mean, that's all I know from the trailer. Yeah. And and so they're just they're trying to finish the spell because they only have one day to do it. And uh, yeah, it was it was cute and lots of D and D jokes. There were it, they're on a quest and there are monsters and it, it's yeah, it was cute. You should watch it. So Dave, uh, chapters forty through forty three of the Way of Kings. Go. What about him? Chapter forty. Eyes of red versus blue. Kaladin sleeps, oversleeps, and misses bridge practice. Kaladin remembers feeling like icy hot. Kaladin's name should be Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore. Thank goodness my autocomplete friend knows the word Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore. <laughs> and uh, I actually also know the word autocomplete friend. <laughs> it becomes self aware. <laughs> Water boy. Why do the Parshenti fight? Gem hearts charge soul casters to make food. Shields would make bridgemen less tempting. Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore does such a good job. What? Cooking. Please finish uh, that sentence so that it's not <laughs> what you uh, said. Cut that out. It's supposed to say cooking. All right. Your autocomplete friend just failed you. <laughs> I sure did. Alright, in three, two. <laughs> Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore does such a good job cooking, he gets a raise, or Kaladin is an honorary light eyes. Kaladin is not hungry. Alright, so Kaladin wakes up, and he remembers, you know, bursts of feeling like hot and cold at the same time or something, and having bursts of energy, presumably, when Teft was giving him charged spheres to suck on. And then... Like jawbreakers. Yeah, in the hand, hand breakers. Uh, and then Rock is like, oh, you should be Rock. Only he didn't say Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore. He said, your name should be Rock. Uh, so they go, as soon as Kaladin regains consciousness and starts walking around again, of course there's a bridge run. Uh, Teft and Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore don't let him carry the bridge, so he's gonna go with, uh, one arm Sanchez to give out the water during the during the run. The Lopen. Gancho? Yeah, Lope, Lopen. The Lopen. Lopen. The Lopen. The Lopen? Okay. The Lopen. Gancho is what he calls other people. Correct. Yes. Gan Gancho is his soul. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Gancho is his, if you play Animal Crossing, there's like a word that they throw <laughs> in at the end of every sentence. It's true. <laughs> awesome. All right. Gancho. So yeah, the Lopez, the Lopez, the Lopen, and Waterboy, Khaled in there. Uh, so they're talking, and there's also this um, Asian. What is it? What is it called? What's it? What's that guy's name? Azish Sigzil. Azish Sizzle. Sigzil. <laughs> Sigzil. Sigzil. I don't know why I don't write down people's names. You Anyways, you had Sigzil. all of the lords that are all the same person from Elantris. Like you had all their personalities and names set <laughs> separate separated. What what's the deal, man? They're bridgemen, it doesn't matter. Hmm. So yeah, Azish is like or the Azish guy Sigil is like, oh well they probably just want the gem heart so that they can charge their shards. Charge their shards. And uh Cowden's like, hmm, good guess, but I don't know. So and they, this is the point where Kaladin figures out that, oh, they're just bait. That's why they won't let him carry shields, because they're supposed to draw arrow fire from the Parshendi to keep them away from the trained, what? more expensive, light-eyed soldiers. Well, the soldiers aren't necessarily light-eyed. So shout-outs to, to Kaladin figuring out something that we were told, like, 12 chapters ago. Yeah. He finally read the book. <laughs> Wait, he's not allowed to read. He finally had the book read to him. Yeah. All right. And then they're like, uh, everyone says you act like a light eyes. I think that happens during the stew dinner. But Kaladin, uh, he's starting to fall back into depression and doesn't want to eat. And that's the end of chapter 40. These are a bit of a de uh, depressing chapters for Kaladin. Yeah. I have a thing for this chapter, but not until spoiler time. Can't wait to hear it.
<laughs> in five years. Oh, hey, good good mm-hmm. news, Dave. Uh, here sometime in the next few months, we're going to get a uh, new Stormlight short fiction, which will mark the point at which future you is going to have to stop reading or stop listening to spoiler time so again. So was there another chapter? Yes, there's more chapters. Yeah, but by that point, you know, in my re-listening, I, we probably will have covered that short story by the time I get to this point in my re-listen, so I think it's okay. Oh, that's that's for you and future Dave to decide. It hasn't come out yet, so I'm not worried. Chapter 41. Of Alds and Milt. I think those are people's names. I don't know. Uh, actually a rust monster. If you look at this drawing at the beginning of chapter 41, it's actually a rust monster. It's the axe hound. Rip Riller. Lirin is not a killer. Kaladin wants to amputate Roshwan. Alright, got a Kaladink chapter here. And no, 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 Kaladink. Kaladin, that's right, he leveled up. Kaladin chapter, so remember Roshwan, the city leader, and his son Riller, they were out on some hunt, they were trying to fight a white mane or something, white beast? White spine. White beast, white spine. White mane sounds cooler. But they don't have manes, they're crustaceans. Crustaceans white, can white have mane manes. White mane can be the name of uh, Roshodium. Roshodium. A giant horse. Did I break Dave? Uh, so... Yeah, Riller, the son, dies. Liren is unable to save him, but he does save Roshan. And Kaladin wishes he hadn't, but Liren is not a killer. He will do what he can, because he must. He saves Roshan. But Roshan's not going to be happy when he comes to. They kind of, like, they they Novocaine him up a little bit. Well, not Novocaine, more something more like, uh, some kind of anesthetic that made him loopy. Probably Milps and Alds. Anything so, about Total 41. So so this is a, a pretty big deal where it's like you could have solved all of our problems. Like no one would have questioned you. Yeah. But it's that's it's the fact of the matter that it's not the same as just it happening accidentally or you just can't save a person versus you actually you're a surgeon and a healer and you made the call to do the opposite. Yeah, I mean, he would uh, he, he would probably lose all of his class abilities and would have to get like, some cleric to cast an atonement spell on him. So suddenly you forget him. how to be a surgeon. Yeah. It's like when Take Batman his... didn't save Qui-Gon Jinn from the train. He didn't? You haven't seen Batman Begins? Well, which one's that? Is that the first yeah. one? Yeah, when that, Batman that was the began. Christian Bale, the first Christian Bale Batman. First Christian Bale. But I thought Qui-Gon was in all of them. Qui-Gon wasn't even in all the Star Wars prequels, man. No, Qui-Gon, you're thinking of uh, Quasimodo. He wasn't in Star Wars. What? <laughs> no, I think Mike knows exactly what he's talking about. I don't think he knows what you're talking about. Who's the guy from Batman? Qui-Gon? Liam yes, Neeson. Yes, that is the same actor. Okay, but who's the guy from Star Wars? Liam Neeson. Quan Chi. No, the the character. Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon Jin. Qui-Gon. Wait, he was he was had the same name in Batman and Star Wars? No, his character's <laughs> name in Batman was Ra's al Ghul. That's right, Ra's al Ghul. Okay. So Batman didn't save Qui-Gon. Yeah, but anyway, what do you think of this? What do you think of Liren's actions? Like respectable. Makes sense maybe. to me. Okay. Alright. You know, it's it's uh, the cool. physician's oath. First, do not cut open the femoral artery when your sure, city right. lord <laughs> is a huge jerk and is almost dead. It's in the fine yeah. print. First, if the if the wounds are equal, treat the younger patient. If the wounds are second rule is if the wounds are not equal, treat the more serious wound. And the third rule supersedes them both. If you someone's beyond saving, then treat the other guy. Basically, there's just an upper limit. That's all. Was was this was this Brandon doing um, the three laws of robotics? No. The three laws of surgeon. Why didn't he put a starlight in the Cosmere? Like, why can't there be sci-fi in the Cosmere? It's it's probably because, well, it, can I say something, Mike? Yeah, go ahead. I think I know what you're going to say. Uh, eventually, there will be sci-fi in our fantasy. Yeah, cool. Um, but and also like Star Wars <laughs> and Batman. He couldn't figure out how to make it work or when it should be in the place of the overall uh, chronologically, chronologically chronology of the Cosmere and then it's like well I better 
avoid it and keep it standalone. So. And the upshot is I get to read it. It's true. And the other thing is uh, Starsight and Skyward uh, take place in our universe, more or less. Like, Earth is in their history, and he wanted to keep Earth completely out of the Cosmere. Well, yeah, that's, uh. that's what he decided. If Earth is mentioned or involved or takes place there, it is not part of the Cosmere. Huh. So... He he decided early. Well, I don't. I can't say if it was early on, but he decided at some point when he was writing it that it would not be a part of the Cosmere. So therefore, he could connect with Earth in some way. I see. I think part of that was he wanted to write about gods and divinity, uh, but he also didn't want to clash with his own religious beliefs. So that makes sense. So it's, what are we on? Forty two now. Yeah, chapter forty two. Beggars and barmaids banquet. It's an album by the Rolling Stones. It might be giant. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that one isn't quite right. Day I, off. I don't know Rolling Stones albums enough to, yeah. Dicky. Day off. Still no luck with the soul dealie. Cleaning in Yasna's room. Dusting for prints. Shalon would love some jam. Boat is cometh. All right. So chapter 42. Shalon gets a day off from studying. She can do whatever she wants today. So she goes out. Well, she doesn't go out. She goes somewhere. Her room, I guess. Forget. Trying to mess with the Soulcaster dealie again. Still no success. And then, oh, yeah, this is. Okay, so then a maid comes and she finds out that the maid has been in Yasna's room cleaning up. So she's like, oh, you better go tell Yasna you were in there cleaning because she's going to find out when you moved her stuff around and she's going to get upset. And then Shalon goes to Yasna's room and moves some stuff around. Uh, she's dusting for printed material for her to, uh, try to get some info on the Soulcaster. And a lot of Yasna's writing is actually has to do with the Voidbringers and her notes and stuff. So what's up with that? That's weird. And then bald guy, Krillin shows up. What's his name? Why don't I write any character? Capsule. Yeah, yeah Capsule. I, I knew it right, write in, right up until you asked. Uh, Capsule shows up and he's like, how about some truth berry jam? And then they go on a date and it's fun. And Capsule says, you know, I'm thinking of leaving the Ardentia so we can hang out. And then, uh, you know, they're, they're flirting a lot. And then they come around to, uh, asking Shalon. Oh yeah. So Shalon's trying to get. Since he's uh, an ardent, she thinks that he might know something about activating the Soulcaster. So she tries to bring it up in an offhand way. She's like, aha, and I thought that you were just hanging out with me because you were trying to steal Yasna's Soulcaster because Yasna is a heretic and she's not supposed to have this divine relic. It belongs in the Ardentia. So he's like, yeah, uh, I thought about it. <laughs> I don't remember the exact details of the conversation. But she does eventually get him to talk about how to use a soulcaster. He's like, it's real easy. You just tap the jewel, except sometimes you don't have to. So he doesn't know anything. Uh, and then Shalon gets a message that the the boat is coming back to Carbranth. And at this point, I, th I realized, isn't Carbranth the city where Kaladin was supposed to go learn how to be a surgeon? Yes. And it's the same city that Shalon is in right now, the City of Bells. Yes. Cor correct. I just figured that out. We did it! <laughs> it's, it's like a, it's just a, a good location for learning. And it's like Sharn from D&D. The Pathfinder. king funds his hospitals with income from the Palinaeum. Yep. So it has the best uh, library, has probably some really good universities. And the best hospitals. Yeah. So yeah, makes sense. What was Sharn from? What was that D&D uh, setting? The... Mm, is that from Eberron? Yes, it is Eberron. Okay, so it's like Sharn in the Eberron campaign setting of Dungeons and Dragons. Just nod. Did you nod? I can't see you. Yep, yep, nodding over here. Okay. I'm nodding. <laughs> Copyright Wheel of Time Spoilers podcast. All right, and that's the end of chapter 42. So to put it in perspective, Carbranth is a city-state and is southwest of Alethkar. And it would also be much so further southwest... Is? of the Shattered Plains, which are actually, I'm sorry, it's it's directly west of the Shattered Plains, which is where Kaladin and Dalinar currently are. Sure, I have a map here somewhere. You should check the beginning of the book. Maps is the name of some guy that was in, was a bridgeman. 
and he the has a back. birthmark that he claims is the exact shape of Alethkar. Yes. Which would I matter had a freckle if... that's the exact shape of Earth as viewed from a bajillion miles away to dot. It, it would matter <laughs> a lot if uh, he, or if the magic system on Roshar worked the same way as the magic system on Cell. Dude, that'd mm. be perfect. He would be like an Alatran. A Rosharan. An Alethkarian. Yeah, that would be better, because it's just the shape of Halakar. Anyway, that's not the game. Alethian? That's what they oh, call them. Alethi, but oh, is it I, was, Alethi? I was going attempted I fancy, Alethi or I think was it fell apart. Well, yeah, but if if we have Elantrians, then we could also have Alethians. This this is the crossover that nobody asked for. What, Elantris delivered. It's already crossed over. We already have Soulman in here. We do, and that's true. And he brought his map with him. His map. Chapter 43. Chapter 43. The Wretch. Shadows remembered, remembered. Brightness Hachel. Bright Lord Matel. Butthead. Chasm Pals. <laughs> Alright, so the epigraph of this chapter references Shadows Remembered. So, I bet you Yasna wrote it, the epigraphs in this part. I don't know. Which I already kind of suspected, but since it it quotes that book that she had read. It's talking about reports of all of these uh, shadow doodles. What do you call them? The Voidbringers? That's a pretty good guess. It's a guess. Voidbringer. Is Voidbringer like a League of Legends thing? It's a shadow know. doodle. You you nailed it already. <laughs> <laughs> Void? No. The maybe, Desolation. Maybe the epigraphs will tell us. We'll have to just read is more. Is it Voidbringer? Hold on. Is that the... Void, Voidbringer is the word, yes. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought that wasn't the word. That is the word. Okay. Uh, so, the former bright-eyed leader of the bridge crews, remember he got executed to death, and now his replacement shows up, Bright Lord Matal and his wife, Brightness Hashal. And Kaladin is like, what would you do? What? How'd you get High Prince Sadius so mad that he sent you down here? So, there's a... So um, brightness Hashal nods over to one of the guards and he goes and he's kind of rammed the butt of his spear into Kaladin's stomach but Kaladin grabs the spear and it's uh, about to about to do another uh, a little fancy dance and kill four dudes but then he thinks that's probably not a good idea so then he allows the guard to butt him in the head the spear hence butt head and Bright Lord Matal, he wants to run things more efficiently, and he thinks that if the bridge crews stick to the same job every day, then they'll be, you know, they'll learn the ins and outs better and do more efficiently, especially chasm duty, because then they'll know, you know, which areas have already been searched, and they won't run over the same ground, so they'll be able to do a much better job. And guess who gets put on chasm duty? Is it bridge 12? Divided by three. Those jerks at Bridge 12. Now you're thinking of Pod 6. Pod. So so it was Bridge 3 then. What did I say? <laughs> you said Bridge 3. I'm sure you did. I heard you say the number 3. I said divided by 3 mm. plus 0. Seems like you're backpedaling a little bit there. Mm. Oh, let's check the tapes. All right. <laughs> yeah, future, future Mike. Recording this. Future Mike, insert in here and tell her what I said. <laughs> I think we'll be able to hear for ourselves. So anyway, continue. This is future Mike cutting in really quick. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do any of that. All right, back to the show. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, Bridge Force Chasm Pals now. And now second half of Chapter 43, they're chasming. And uh, as Kaladin's getting ready to descend the ladder, he realizes that uh, if he jumps off of the cliff and he can fly. All he has to do is throw himself at the ground and miss. That is how to fly. That's legit. Yeah. Yeah, there was that little YouTube cartoon with the kiwi in it. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, I do know that one, yeah. Angry I, kiwi? No, I cry every time. Annoying night. kiwi. I cry. Uh, I remember Arthur Dent doing it. I, I, I got you, Tori. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, that's a Douglas Adams reference, if you didn't know. And let's see. Yeah. Get into the chasm. And yeah, I was real. I realized Chasm Duty is is a roguelike. Think about it. Every time you go into the dungeon, the layout's different, and the loot's in different spots, and you may or may not encounter different monsters and creatures and things because it of the really way is. the high swims. Oh my god, it around. is! So, who wants to make a roguelike game about Chasm Duty? 
Preferably not the part where you finish and go back home. I would 100% I would play that game. I would buy it and I would play it. I already have a number of roguelike lights in my in my repertoire, so yeah. Don't care, but don't despair. From the plateau, from the plateaus, I bet these guys look like Rady ants. Monty Python slash Portal reference. Training corpse. <laughs> training You're slash. Put a, a reference in there. <laughs> no, that is it, the reference was a Monty Python slash Portal reference. I'll I'll explain it. Don't worry. And then finally, we end the chapter with a training slash corpse looting montage. All right, chasm duty. Uh, Kaladin is trying to, you know, withdraw so that he can just ignore his feelings because he's uh, he's been depressed since he recovered. And Teft doesn't let him. Teft, and then he does. And so Kaladin makes it off on his own. And he's like, I know what we need to do. Oh, yeah, and they started this argument about the Radiance. And Teft believes in the Radiance or something. Teft knows a lot of stuff, but we don't know what he knows. We don't know how much he knows. Uh, so, yeah, they're like, so Monty Python. Oh, yeah. So the Monty Python reference is that he's not dead and the portal reference is that he's still alive. Uh, oh, what happened? That's right. Teft mentions, uh, he mentions the the uh, journey before destination, which was part of the Radiance Credo. Life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination. So Kaladin goes off and reflects on these words. He realizes that uh, he needs to live his life before he dies, and that the journey of his life is is the important part. So he decides, uh, you know, we're as good as dead if we stay as bridgemen. So we're gonna we're gonna bust out since we're gonna be in the chasms every day. I'm gonna train you guys how to use these spears so that we can bust out. So then they have a little training montage. Which, if this were a movie, this would be really funny because. You'd have the, like the training montage where they're learning how to do the spears, right? Which is already funny. But then they're going to intersplace scenes of them like looting corpses, getting chased down by chasm fiends and stuff. It'll be like, it'll be real great. Real, real great. And that's the end of this week's chapter. All right. I don't Any have anything for Dave. I do have a couple of things for spoiler time. Um. Yeah, I guess we can kick Dave off. Aw. Yeah, bye, Dave. Hi, future Dave. Bye, future Dave. <laughs> Bye, Dave. All right, Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. And go. Do you want me to talk about my things or do either of you have things and you want to start with those i think you should do your thing all right i have two things uh the first is we get sigzel's backstory some of it uh here in chapter 40 i think um yeah. and he mentions something that i didn't think had come up again so i looked it up and it hasn't come up again he thought he killed someone not a light eyes but he wasn't successful and the person wasn't his master and we get nothing else about that. I looked it up because I couldn't remember anything, and there's nothing. Three freaking books, and we don't get a follow-up on this. I need to know who this is, and why, <laughs> and what's going on there. And yeah, uh, so that occurred to me also. I was wondering if Sigzel is going to end up being like more important later, like maybe more of a viewpoint character, not like get his own entire book viewpoint character, but be a major radiant viewpoint character because, I mean, he's Hoyd's freaking apprentice. That's kind of a big deal. And it wouldn't be the first time that Sanderson had a major character who started at very humble beginnings. You know what I mean? Cough, cough, sazed, cough, cough. That's what I mean. Yeah, so I am curious to hear theories that anyone has but i don't have anywhere near enough information to even try to extrapolate i have no theories i got none but it is curious it's very curious i'm really hoping there's something in rhythm of war because i know i will have forgotten about this by the time we get like back to oathbringer because i have read the way of kings like a dozen times now 
and I forget about it every time until I get back to this part, and then I remember about it, and then I look it up, and then there's nothing. So apparently, we're just we're just gonna have to wait on Sigil's backstory, which is important, like you said. He, he's connected to Hoyd. That uh, that's not a throwaway thing. I mean, we get lots more of his backstory, just not this specific thing. Sure. Yet. Um, we haven't got it yet. Right. Uh, the other big thing that I had was, I have a theory as to why Yasna hasn't been uh, soul casting around Shallan since she murdered those four dudes. I would like to hear if you guys have theories about this. No, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. I mean, I think I know why. Go ahead. We'll see if we match up. Okay. It's probably because she thought uh, Shalon was mm, affected. Well, I mean, obviously she was affected by the murders, but also maybe affected by the way that the Soulcaster was used and decided to not use it in front of her. Because she definitely uses it. Just, well, correction. She definitely Soulcasts in the week time span that has passed since then. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think she's just keeping it low key. Yeah, I... That's that's my take on it as well. I think she's just being courteous because she realizes that she may have traumatized this 17-year-old girl by murdering four people in front of her after scaring the absolute bejesus out of her by taking her down this super dangerous alley. Yep. Yeah, she's just like belatedly being courteous because she realized she may have screwed up a little bit on this aspect of it. So, so... And and let's be honest here, if it was a number of other light eye women, yeah, they probably would be scarred, but Shalon killed her father, or at least... Yeah, no, on, on like, the, the top ten list of Shalon's traumas, this doesn't even, like, hit the top 50, man. Yeah. This yeah. this does not rate, but Yasna think, doesn't know that. You know what? That's probably why it bothers Shalon so much as well. It's... It it has it's causing her to be more introspective uh, than than normally she would be. Like it's it's not that Yasna's actions are wrong, but it's like what does that mean for other people who might have murdered in the past, namely herself? That's probably why the 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 scene affected her so much. But Yasna doesn't know that, of course. Maybe yes, no. Yeah, no. That's yeah. Corey, what you think? Are we are we on to something here? I I think you are. That that seems pretty logical to me. Okay. Well, those were my things. I thought I had something else, but it's gone. I have yeah, a I thing. Oh? Yeah. So in chapter 43, after Teft says, oh, you know, life before death and journey before destination or whatever. And, um, or whatever. Tori? Yeah. <laughs> this is important. You're, you're going to. No, that's, that's what Teft says. Right, oh. and then Sigzel okay. is the one who says, uh, no, that, that was something that the Radiance used to say. And and then Scar gets all upset, and he's like, well, why are you talking about the Radiance? And Tef's like, I wasn't. It was just something I heard before. And uh, then Scar is kind of giving Tef a hard time. And um, I, I should have brought my book in here with me, but he says something along the lines of, oh, so what? We're just going to forgive the Radiance now? Are we also going to just let the, the Voidbringers steal our hearts? And that made me think of what happened to Amaram at the end of Oathbringer. Um, mm. You know, he, he merged with that unmade um, right. by, by swallowing a gem. And then when they, when they killed him, his heart had been replaced with a gem. Like, I'm not going to say that he had a gem heart, but his heart was literally replaced with an amethyst crystal. So... It just the line about the void bringers stealing our hearts. Just you know, yeah, that brings up a good point. There's there's a lot of um story. I mean, this is what Yasna's is looking into anyway by looking at the old children's stories and stuff. A right. lot of these stories have a basis in truth in some way. Well, and also just how important the gem hearts are, um, because that was the reason that that they were hunting the chasm fiends is because they wanted the gem hearts because they used to get the gem hearts from. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but some life form that was uh, from Aemean uh, that died out when the island was destroyed. Uh, that's something that Yasna talks about earlier. The the phase and, monster thing that we see in the flashback. I forgot their I, name now. I don't remember. The Midnight Essence? No, that's a separate thing. Uh, you're you're no, talking I think about it the... Was... Go, sorry, Tori. 
I think it was when uh, Shalon and Yasna were talking about um, in in um, Gavilar's biography when he talks about meeting the Parshendi for the first time. Um, I, I'd have to look back through the book, but just gem hearts are important, you guys. That's where I'm going with this. I don't I don't know how they're important, but they are. Well, so I have a question then. Uh, let's 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 fast forward a little bit in in terms of the future. We have the radiance; they've returned. So the radiance they can use stormlight that are stored in gems, but they don't typically break the gems by using stormlight. And I, I think that's due to the nature of their bond; they're able to extract the stormlight, I guess, more safely. But a lot of fabrials were designed. Um, especially soul casters, they typically break the gems, which is why we have the issue where they can run out. Like it's a limited resource. You need to fight things that have gem hearts in order to replenish your supplies. Okay, um, a couple of things. First, Yasna, in fact, does break, I believe, two gemstones doing soul she casting. Does. That's true. That is true. And then second, oh, don't uh, we break some when the oath gates? Probably. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the second thing is. From what we see from Kaladin, he doesn't actually use the gemstones. He he takes the stormlight from it. Yes. And then and then uses the stormlight, where Fabrials use the stormlight directly from the gemstone. There's no like intermediate step, and I think that might be the important part. So so I think that's what I'm getting at. Full radiance, or at least people who are higher up in uh, Knight's Radiant Order, they seem to be able to infuse themselves with stormlight, which is a safer maybe a safer way to use it. So that's sort of my question. Is this a good thing economically for for Roshar or is this a bad thing? Are they going to end up using and needing more? Because like you mentioned, they used to hunt these things over in the West in EMEA and they that died off. Now they're fighting Chasm Fiends, which we've discussed before. They're dying off because they're being slaughtered like crazy and they're not able to, you know, reproduce. Right. They're... Um, they they are being hunted into extinction during their transformation from juvenile to adult, which yeah. is wow. Like I get that it's safer, and there's a whole war thing going on here. But are are is Shalon the only natural scientist who exists I on the so. planet? Basically, yeah, it seems like so. Yeah, so this this could be with Knight's Radiant appearing and sort of throwing everything on its head. Uh, like maybe this is a good thing because they won't need to hunt because you have people who can soul cast now. You have all these different abilities now that maybe you don't have to rely on, on Fabrials as much. Or it could be the other way where you need to rely more on Fabrials to sort of get an even footing. That's sort of my question for you guys. Do you think it, this is better based on where it is in the Way of Kings versus where we are post Oathbringer? Aside from the whole war thing, which is better for the economy? I don't think it's going to matter because they're not going to, like, stop using Fabrials or stop advancing Fabrial science just because the Knights Radiant are back. Ooh, like, that's wait, still... wait. Go ahead. Do... We, we know by the end of Oathbringer that the Fabrials are made by trapping Sprin in the gyms, don't we? Yeah. That's a thing that we know? Well, I mean, and... that's, that's a thing that Brandon had talked about in Words of Brandon shortly after Way of Kings came out because well, people yeah, yeah. figured but, it out. But if the Radiants are coming back and the Radiants are bonded with Sprin, so now that now we know Sprin are thinking, feeling beings, then maybe Fabrial Science will lay off of the Sprin. Some Sprin, yeah. yes. Most Sprin, no. Yeah. So, like, in the same way that we shouldn't eat octopus because they're intelligent. Exactly. It's yes. still probably okay to eat hamburgers because cows are not intelligent in the same and, way. And that's still not going to stop a lot of people. They're going to experiment. I mean, look at Taravindian killing people off so he can get some words written. It's people do these things. Uh, so back to the thing I was saying. Um, yeah, Fabrial use and Fabrial experimentation aren't going to stop just because the Knights Radiant are, are back. If for no other reason, then these Fabrials can be used by anyone, theoretically. where a very, very small segment of the population is even going to qualify to become a a Knight's Radiant. So I will mention that because we have the Knight's Radiant return, let's say that they're successful in their war against Odium. Um, 
Roshar finally sees some peace. Uh, but the Knights Radiance still continue to exist. Let's say they win. Knights Radiance do not give up their oaths. They decide to continue. You now have Knights Radiant. If the Chasm Fiends died off because, you know, of the overhunting, it maybe is a slightly good thing because at least you have people who have the, the abilities and powers that you're sort of used to. But they're going to have to transition off of wasting them or at least figure out a way to breed things so they can get more gem hearts. Yeah, I think the uh, the breeding program that Shalon speculates about is probably right. going to be the best way to go. I don't know how viable it is. Yeah, well. But, yeah. Uh, so I have one last thing that I've remembered about. Do you guys have anything uh, else? Real quick, I think I was doing a little thinking, and I think maybe, Tori, you're on to something with the Soulcasters being basically Spren slash Shard Blades. Yeah, just they died in a different form. That's... Yeah, I, th- I think you're on to something there, because that, I think, I think that is legit. Okay, go, Mike. Uh, okay, during the Kaladin chapter, uh, Liren complains about Light Eyes, who, if they can't go kill people, they'll go, you know, go for a hunt. And yeah. that super duper describes Gavilar, and what Dalinar tries to do for Elokar, and yeah, it's... Like you need a distraction here. Let's go. Let's go do a hunt. Of a yeah. Chasm like, uh, well, there's no people around to kill, so let's go hunt a dangerous animal. And yeah. Well, so just... Gavilar liked that. He enjoyed the hunt. Same with Alucard. I think Alucard. Yeah, exactly. He takes after his father. He likes hunting, whereas you know, Adeline likes dueling. That's just his thing. Yeah. Adeline finds the hunts boring. Dalinar is largely disinterested because. He doesn't accept, you know, a lesser choice from going out and murdering people. <laughs> and he doesn't even do that these days. So, yeah, yeah. that's down our man. You can't you can't distract him. All right. So we're going to have to work on our cast list. Like I said, I think I have mostly everyone. I got to cast someone for Adeline, maybe a few other bridgemen. I need a bunch of people. I need to sit down and work on this. I, I need so many people. Oh I'm gosh. actually ahead. This is great. You I've might come be. so far, guys. Well, do I have Moash? I don't know if I got a Moash yet. Um, I wouldn't cast Moash for Dave because we don't want to give him a heads up as to how important he becomes. Nah, you just, you can cast a button. I mean, we're casting Rock. You can cast Teft. Yes, if Rock and named, Teft and if and I get Sigil, Sigil and Lopin, yeah, like the Lopin. Mo- Moash is a named person. We can cast him, but but don't cast him anyone who's obviously obnoxious and we hate him. That's gonna be tough. Dang it. Also, I do have, I, I'm trying to do every time Hoyt pops up, I want to cast him as someone different, so. I I think Dave's got the Hoyt casting pretty well down. Well, that's fine, that's fine. I'm just saying I have a different name each time Hoyt pops up. That's what I'm going for. Okay. Alright, cool. That's it. Yep, I'm done. Bye, everybody. Good night, Bye. Internet. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast, or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made-Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.